here's the big thing that actually opened my mind to selling. If you can always remember that you can get back in an investment, that will change your view about selling. Because if you know you have that option to get back in, then you could do other types of selling strategies that could help you make more money and not lose as much when you have bad markets. Welcome to the Market Call Show, where we discuss what's happening in the markets and the impact on your investments. Tune in every Thursday on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Market Call Show. This is Louis Giannis. I am the founder of WealthNet Investments. Today, we have an interesting topic, and I'm really excited about diving in, so let's get going. talk today about selling. Is it time to take money off the table? That's one of the questions that a lot of people are asking themselves. I wanted to talk a little bit about this because we've had a nice run in the stock market and a lot of people have had some good opportunities to make money. Today we're going to be talking about when you should sell and how do you know when you should be taking profits because selling is a lot harder than buying is. We all know that. I mean, if you've been investing for any length of time, you're really aware of that. I'm going to actually be going through things that work that I found to work from experience of managing money. I started managing money in the early 90s. I've been through the dot-com bubble, have managed millions and millions of dollars for all different types of people, and have seen lots of different markets, markets that have gone up a lot, markets that have gotten whacked, markets that have gone nowhere for 11 years and have gyrated 50% up and down and bull markets like we have today. What I'm gonna share with you are some rules of how I think about selling and maybe how you should think about selling. Because a lot of people are looking at their portfolio saying, hmm, I wonder if I should take some money off the table. So the first thing I wanna talk about is that selling is harder than buying. Now that is absolutely 100% true for several different reasons. Because when you are in the buying mode, when you're thinking about buying some investment, it starts off with some sense of optimism. You're thinking about the future and how great this opportunity can be. So that's really easy to get to that point. But when you sell, there's always this potential for regret. Did I sell too soon or did I sell too late? And this is something that really plagues people. They don't want to sell under certain circumstances and or they'll be kicking themselves if they sell and then it continues to go higher or if the market went very strong and then you did not sell and then you lost or you did a round trip and you lost a lot of your gains or all your gains and maybe even if your gains turned into losses. So that becomes a very difficult emotional thing. Whereas with buying, again, it's very optimistic and it's a lot easier. Here's the big thing that actually opened my mind to selling. If you can always remember that you can get back in an investment, that will change your view about selling. Because if you know you have that option to get back in, then you could do other types of selling strategies that could help you make more money and not lose as much when you have bad markets. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. There's really two types of selling and you'll hear different pundits on the news on CNBC or something like that. And they'll be talking about different ways of selling and why you should sell. But there's basically two ways. The first is a macro top down way, which is basically where you're trying to attempt to time the overall market and you're trying to call a market bottom or a market top based on some macro view of what you think the overall market is going to do. 
The next way to do it is more of a micro or bottom up way where you're letting the individual companies determine how much you should have invested in any time. If there's more opportunities that are available, you're going to have more money invested. If there's less opportunities available, you'll have less money in the markets. So you're probably not surprised to know that I prefer the bottom up method because it's more in tune with the opportunities available and it's not based on generalities. It's really, really important to me because it's easier to understand the specifics of a company than it is to understand all the cross currents that are happening with the overall markets. Now, <laughs> there are lots of ways that you can view the overall market for timing, and there are some things you can do. I'm not saying you shouldn't look at the overall market because I do look at that, but it's not as important as the bottom up to me because the bottom up tells you what's happening underneath the hood, and therefore you're able to make better decisions. And you can actually be earlier because you can see through the individual companies that things are not doing as well than as they should be, or things are doing better than what the indexes are saying. So for example, right now, many of the stocks are looking more sloppy. They're not as constructive as the overall market would indicate. So that's telling you there's some underlying changes that are happening right now. That's why I'm bringing this up to have this conversation. I wanna talk about the biggest selling mistakes that I see and that have been documented over and over again. The first is not cutting losers quickly enough. A lot of people, they'll get excited about a stock or an investment, they'll buy it. And then what will happen is it'll go down in value and they'll just let it keep going down. They'll say, oh, it'll come back up. It's a good company or the management's great. It goes down a little bit and then it comes up a little bit and you go, it'll come back. And then it goes down even more. And the next thing you know, you're down 20, 30, 40%. And then it could take a long time. And oftentimes what that leads to is people thinking, well, I'm just going to wait till I break even or it'll come back. And then it becomes dead money money that is not compounding for you, and that could really hurt your results, especially if you have more than one of these, they can drag down your overall results. So that I would say is the biggest selling mistake. Let's dive into what I would consider the basic rules that I found to be the most helpful to determine whether or not I should take money off the table. So what is the best time to take money off the table? I'm gonna go rule by rule. The first rule is what I call rule 1A, which is your initial risk is violated. So before you ever take an investment, if you're establishing how much you're going to put at risk, in other words, what percentage of your overall portfolio you're gonna to allow to go down, say 0.5% or 1%, how much are you risking of your capital for that growth opportunity? If you predefine that and you have a hard rule that says, if I violate the amount of risk that I'm budgeting for this opportunity, if that's violated, I'm getting out. I don't care how great the company is. I don't care what I think about it. I'm going to manage my risk because a lot of times you can have your analysis wrong and you won't find out until later, or the overall stock market is turning around and you could be in a situation where even though you're right, you could be waiting for years before you actually make a profit. So violating the initial risk rule is the first one. When you first get in, always have a predetermined risk budget, how much you're going to risk per investment. So I have a rule 1B, which is an offshoot of the initial risk violation rule, and that is entry failures. So if you first get in, you have all the right signals to get in, value or whatever your metric is. And if that investment fails, if it starts moving, but then it just fails on high volume very quickly, right after you enter, you could have your timing wrong. And so it makes sense. Instead of waiting around, a lot of times you first get in and you have a strong failure right away, even before it reaches your initial risk violation level. 
So you haven't gotten down that far, but you've had an initial very strong, solid, convincing shift against you. A lot of times it's better to just take it off the table and reconsider when you get back in. When you're ready to turn your piece of wealth into peace of mind, go to wealthnetinvest.com and click on the schedule a call button for a free consultation and a portfolio review. At Wealthnet Investments, we are invested in your victories. Rule number two, our parabolic up move. I'm thinking about Tesla right now as an example. You have a company like Tesla that's been doing very, very well, and it just goes parabolic. It's an unsustainable move because a parabolic move, by definition, is unsustainable. So you have to assess how far that parabolic move has gone. But the general rule is if you have a stock that has gone parabolic on you going straight up, then you know that you should at least pare back some of your investment. Rule number three is if you have excessive impact on your daily volatility, and I need to explain this one a little bit more. So let's say you did buy Tesla, and then Tesla went up in value, and now it's a larger percentage of your portfolio. Now, every percent move in that Tesla stock is going to have a bigger and bigger percent impact on your overall net worth. If that gets out of whack, if a single holding is having too large of an impact on the daily results, it's usually a good idea to pair it back to get it back in line so that it's not overly affecting your results. Because if you had a sudden move against you, your overall portfolio results could get hurt pretty dramatically. So that's rule number three, excessive impact on daily volatility. Rule number four is let's say you've held a stock and it's now overpriced. I mean, it's overvalued in every metric you can possibly think of. Revenue, multiples, earnings multiples, cash flow multiples. No matter how you look at it, it's overvalued. That in itself is not a sell signal for me because moves can go much higher than you think. So Tesla is another example of that. When you get to that point, what you really want to look for is two main things to know when it's time to start taking money off the table. So it's not gone up parabolic, but it's showing signs of selling. The first sign of selling is this concept of churning. And churning, you could see by looking at the graphs of the chart, the chart of the stock, you could see much higher volume, above average volume, and then the price is not moving very much. It's maybe coming down a little bit or just going flat or having big wide bars with a lot of volume. If you see that more and more, that's telling you that there are big institutions that are selling, even though the price hasn't gone down a lot, as soon as that stock starts moving higher again, it's getting hit with selling. So if you have a lot of volume like that and not a lot of price movement, that's called churning. That could be an early warning sign that you need to take some money off the table. It's uncanny how that works. And if you don't notice it, then you can see these big drops all of a sudden. They're like potholes or air pockets. The second would be if you have a stock that's overpriced and then it has a high volume up move or a climax move. So it's marching its way up and then all of a sudden you have a huge day up on enormous volume, like a big day up on enormous volume. Usually that is at or near a top of some sort. So if you have an overpriced situation and you have this type of movement, it's a good idea typically to either pair it back or to eliminate that position out of your portfolio. Number five is if you just have other attractive opportunities. So you might have found some opportunities that you're in, and then all of a sudden you see these other opportunities that are very, very attractive that are developing. It may make sense to take some money off the table with some of your other less attractive investments and maybe not eliminate them, but take some off and allocate that capital to your more attractive opportunities. 
Rule number six, this is one that is a hard one for a lot of people, but one of the things that's really important to track as an investor is your hit rate, which is basically when you're making an investment, what percentage of your overall investments that you're making are actually becoming profitable relatively quickly. So if you are becoming profitable relatively quickly on most of your positions, then that's telling you the overall stock market's in pretty good shape. But if that starts dropping, the very best investors and traders rarely have much more than 50, 55% profitable trades. So for every 100 investments they make, 55 of them will be profitable, which kind of surprises people, but that's really how it works. So the idea is to cut your losses and make a lot of money on your winners. But if your hit rate starts going down, now it's at 40%, 35%, and you've noticed that recently in the last month or two, that's telling you that the market environment is not as good as it was. And I think that's what a lot of traders are starting to see right now is the hit rate that they were running, which was very high, is now starting to ease its way down. It's not necessarily telling you that the market is in bad shape, but it's telling you that maybe your overall exposures need to be less. And that's one of the reasons why I say a bottom-up approach is more effective than a top-down approach, because it's going to allow you to stay in those opportunities that actually exist underneath the hood in the market. So those are the basic rules that I like to follow. And I'm really simplifying this down because I want you to just get the general picture about how this works. But if you are taking a look at the stock market today and you're wondering if you should take some money off the table, if you own mutual funds, you can't do this kind of stuff. You can't do it because you're basically in a situation where you're holding the whole market. So that's another reason why I don't like having a bunch of positions that are in mutual funds. So that's all for now. Hope you got something out of it and we will talk to you later. For the latest episode of the Market Call Show, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, please leave us a review and comments. Information in this podcast is informational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. WealthNet Investments is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where WealthNet Investments and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. 